The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast, Seahawks 24, New York Giants 3, and the Giants are still winless at home in MetLife Stadium this season, 1-3 and three in total, and the Seahawks extend their record to 3-1, and one, and they're down 2-0 and oh undefeated away, but we don't care about the Seahawks, we got to talk about the New York Giants here on this late night recording of the Giant Take Podcast as we transition the days when we're recording this from Monday into Tuesday. My name is Josh and my friend and my co-host Alex is with me uh, and we're going to talk all about this game, what went right, which was nothing, and everything that went wrong. We're going to go into all of it. But first of all, Alex, I need to check in with you and you know this might have to be like a questionnaire when you go to the doctor uh, about the levels of, nope, I'm not going to do that. That's really deep. But the levels of Giants depression, let me clarify that. Uh, when you go to the doctor and you fill out the sheet of Giants depression on the levels of zero. Mental health wellness check. Yes, a mental health wellness check, except Giants edition, because we're not, this is not real life, right? Um, well, it is, it does very much feel like real life because it is, but your Giants depression scale, zero being you're not, you know, nothing's affecting you right now. You're at an all time high. And then five is you are absolutely. Uh, crying with how bad this team is. Where are you at right now? What's that number? Honestly, I'm so numb. I don't even feel... There's there's no feeling right now. I, I have no feelings. Uh, my feelings have been taken away from me. That's what the Giants have done to me. They've taken away my feelings. But to answer your question, probably like a good 8.5 out of 10. Um, just Series one close. Vance didn't even go by the scale. He just decided to make his own scale. What did you say? Out of five? I did a zero to five, but you know, it's okay. 8.5. It's off the charts. It's off the charts. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you shouldn't be here if it's off the charts. Then I said five was hysterically crying. So you're on just, oh, no, I, there was, there wasn't any crying, luckily. Um, it it was close at times, um, especially on that Daniel Jones pick six. The, The tears were very close to coming out, but, uh, yeah, uh, rough one for sure. It's, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I do know where to start. The offensive line was just pathetic. Um, That was an issue. Daniel Jones obviously did not have a good game. Granted, no quarterback was really going to have a great game. Um, And then defensively, they continue to be unable to tackle, even though they didn't put up, uh, didn't have a terrible game. Uh, I was joking with Josh. I said, uh, if the Giants defense could tackle, they'd be the best unit in the NFL, Um, which, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But, uh, yeah, so defense, just they need to focus on tackling. Offense, they need new everything. And then, you know, don't think we're going to let special teams out of this. Uh, special teams was a nightmare. 
I want to say six penalties on special teams. Um, five or six, six, I believe, um, if I counted correctly during the game. So rough, rough one there. So basically all three phases of the ball uh, were atrocious um, in one aspect or another. And uh, we saw the anger come out. Also, I'm sure it's going to be all over uh, the news nationwide tomorrow morning. Brian Dable throwing the surface uh, next to Daniel Jones. But I'm sure the headline will be Brian Dable throws surface at Daniel Jones's head. Um, so that'll be the headline there tomorrow. But it was very much at the bench next to him. And uh, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of memorable clips from that. And uh, it's not going to be a good day uh, for the Giants PR wise uh, coming out on Tuesday morning. So. Uh, yeah, overall rough, but I'll let you discuss it before I have to really start shedding some tears getting into the details. Yeah, my general thoughts on this loss was, um, okay, Alex, you know, I I would save this actually for the end of the episode where we kind of do more holistic thoughts before we go to uh, a little bit of next week and like go into the preview. But I, I'm going to do it now because if you're watching, you see in that top middle part of the screen and if you're hearing me, you know that we're in the 200s of episodes right now. We've done this podcast for a long time. I believe it's been over two, three years. The name of our podcast has always stayed the same. It's always been The Giant Take, even though maybe the first few episodes I called it The Giant's Take and, uh, you know, just didn't understand. No we'll still do it. Just We'll still call it that today. I just didn't understand how Alex, you know, was such a genius to make the giant take that I just, I didn't comprehend it. So I kept on saying the giant take, but anyway, I got it. No one could rise to my, no one could rise to my intellectual level of name creation. (laughs) But uh, with that being said, you know, the whole pun here is we're talking about the New York giants and and we have some big takes out there. So it's the name of our podcast. And what I am going to right now is that I have really worried about what you're going to say. I'm really worried. (laughs) It's not, it's so I'm going to get into it, please. Um, I have a giant take, and it's something after this game that it's really not so big. But if I told you this before week one against the Dallas Cowboys, you would be like, what are you talking about? And I'm saying this. At the end of week four and this Monday night football game, the giant season is over. Unless they tell me something otherwise, or not even tell me, show me on the field that they can get a touchdown in a football game that's not against the Arizona Cardinals, this 23 24, New York Giants season is done. Poo-poo, crap, whatever. I don't care. It's over. Teams one and three, the team's going to lose their next two games. They're playing AFC East opponents. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. We got Dolphins first next week, then the Bills following that. Those are going to be absolutely terrible games to watch, just like this one. More points added on, though, by both those teams. You saw those teams play each other this weekend. What an amazing thriller between the Bills and the Dolphins. And now we're placing the Poverty Giants franchise that we just watched tonight against those two teams in the next two weeks. Boom, one and five. And where do we go from there? You want to tell me they win seven games in a row? And then we go to seven and five? And then we're like in this wild card era of, oh, can we possibly make it? You know, can we do that? Five games in a row, sorry, it would be six and five. Thank you, Alex, for your looking up at the heavens there, thinking, how could Josh be so bad at math? I figured it out. But five games in a row, six games in a row, whatever. You know, we, if, like, that's my, that's my giant take, Alex. That's it right there. This giant season is over unless they show me otherwise. And I, I really don't think they will at this point. It's, um, and 
I guess I want to get your reactions to my take. Is it really that giant at this point? Obviously, it would be if I said it before week one that the, that if I told you before week one, this is the craziest part, though, right? This is how I mean. This is the craziness of football. This is why, as as fans, we're hooked and we all watch the game. Before week one, if anyone came out to you and said, "Listen, Alex, I'm going to let you know right now, I have a futuristic mind. I time traveled into the future." And after week four, you're going to say the giant season is over. You would be like, you're a crazy maniac. Whatever that place you time travel to, go back there and stay there. But we're here now. And that's football. And that's the NFL. Um, so sorry, I, I brought it to you. What do you think of that take at this moment that the giant season is over? I mean, I don't think it's that far-fetched. And here's what I'd say. If you said week one, what were you saying? Right before the NFL season started this year, if you said the Giants would be one in three at this time. I wouldn't have thought you'd be crazy because I think it's possible. I think everyone was assuming you have to beat the Cardinals, which they did, obviously not in uh, easy fashion. And if you said that they lost kind of at least what in the beginning of the season we thought were kind of like up in the air 50-50 games in the um, Cowboys and the Seahawks, it wouldn't be end of the world scenario but it's been how they played and what we've seen in these games and how they've been utterly obliterated by both the Seahawks and the Cowboys especially the Cowboys uh, and then how they struggled against Arizona how you know San Francisco is probably the best game in terms of giving us confidence uh, in what they could do this season uh, as crazy as that sounds because they did not play very well against San Francisco but uh, comparatively uh, to how these other three performances have gone uh, excluding the second half in Arizona uh, I think that is pretty much common fact at this point. But yeah, it, it's been the way they've played, the way they've lost uh, has been the you know the real killer here and why it's not a, a giant take to say that their season is over because they cannot, they have to completely do a 180 uh, from how they're playing right now because there's no there's no football team in the league they're going to beat playing like this. Um, and, and that's the real problem. And, you know, the schedule doesn't get any easier. Like you said, Josh, we've got uh, Bills or Dolphins, then Bills, both of those games, obviously going to be very, very heavy underdogs. Uh, and then the NFL said, F it, let's give the Giants another primetime game against the Bills. I think they're going to flex them out of it would be my guess. I, they're hope they I, I mean, the Giants and Daniel Jones, especially, I'm not saying that's the reason he failed tonight, but that guy can never seem to win if not play well in a primetime game. In recent history, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I want you to finish your thought because I, I do have more on this, but I want you to finish first. Well, what, I, what I'd say is then after that, you got the Commanders who are not an easy game. And then, uh, you know, because schedule, I guess, lightens up in theory. But looking at how this team plays, there's no team that should be a light <laughs> uh, opponent for the Giants at this point in time. At least, you know, with Saquon Barkley out, with Andrew Thomas out, um, who are the two most valuable players on this team. Uh, which has been pretty apparent over the past two weeks, and uh, it's going to be rough going forward. And yeah, I, it does not. There's not a lot of uh, um, hope, I guess, going forward in the next few weeks. And you know, if they can somehow pull a week uh, a win off against Miami or Buffalo, which I don't even know how they could possibly do that uh, at this point in time, then maybe the season's back on per se. Um, but yeah, right now there's just there's not a lot of hope right now for Giants fans. Yeah, so. I just have a couple more things and then we can move to the offense. So I just want to say for anyone who was listening and when I said that and when Alex kind of reiterated and, and analyzed what I was talking about and you're like, 
you click off immediately and you're like, there's no way this giant season is just beginning. We're only heading into week five. Then I think your point is irrational. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care how much, if you're the biggest optimistic Giants fan ever, that's great. If you're not thinking right now that this Giants season is absolutely crumbled right now into a ball, then you're just pushing it down deep inside of you and you don't want to let it out. That's really what it is. So like, again, to the most optimistic Giants fans listening, I hear you. And I'm normally a pessimist where Alex is the optimist in this stuff. So for him to come out and really analyze that that's where we are right now is a big step for him. And I think for you listening, it's got to be a big step too. You have to let that energy release. If you don't think it's there right now, you have to just take it in. We've seen crappy Giants teams before. Our entire childhood, basically, were crappy Giants teams that we remember at least. Again, we weren't really, you know, we were two, three years old during that 2007 Super Bowl run. We were six, seven years old for that 2011 one. So our Giants fandom that we remember from the preteen and teenage years has been crappy Giants football. So this is nothing new for us. I'll tell you that much. And nothing new for, for our podcast besides last season. And then the second thing I had is also don't tell me, like, I'm not, I'm not just looking at the games too. Like you got to look at it in all over, uh, you know, sort of the NFL and the standings and the NFC East and where we are. I'm saying the Giants season is over, not just because the play has been piss poor. You look at our division. You know, two years ago, you're talking about the NFC least here. We're the NFC beast at this point. The Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl runner-ups last season, have not lost a game yet. They're one of the three teams still undefeated last, if I believe. Then you have the Dallas Cowboys. They're a juggernaut. They absolutely just crushed the Patriots this weekend. And I know that's not saying much because the Patriots are just as bad, if not worse, as the Giants right now. But you know how good the Cowboys are, even though they lost to the Cardinals. I get it. They're a very good team. You can't deny that. And then the Commanders have not looked half bad. They have a better record than the Giants right now at 2-2. Two and two. And at least what it looks like when I'm watching the Commanders play Alex, and mind you, it's off of red zone when they pan to them from time to time, they look like they're fighting. After the second half of this game, I didn't see that fight from the New York Giants. And maybe that's just because they're such a bad team, but I didn't see them deep down inside kind of taking this adversity of being down 14-3 going into the second half and trying to fire on all cylinders like we did remember when we saw that Cardinals game and coming right out of halftime this team was ready and I think they scored on that first drive out of halftime super quickly and efficiently saw none of that they had no urgency they had no reasoning it seemed like for going down and marching down the field and trying to make this an actual exciting game to watch and with that being said Go ahead if you have one more thing, and then let's move to that offense. Yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, I guess this is kind of a transition to the offense anyway in my general point here, but it, it felt like you couldn't get the, the ball, just couldn't be in Daniel Jones's hand. He couldn't, he didn't have any time. I'm I'm trying to find a, like a nice way to say it, and I just can't. He didn't have any time. That's just the best way to say it. And because of that, the Giants couldn't take any shots downfield. And when you can't take any shots downfield, when you can't have the defense kind of looking over their shoulder, uh, and we have guys who are extremely dangerous down the field, right? Jalen Hyatt, obviously, is the guy everyone talks about. But Darius Slayton, over the past few years, uh, ever since he's come into the league, has been one of the best deep ball receivers in the league uh, in terms of some of the big plays he's made down the field. Uh, And I think people are forgetting that. And then, obviously, Darren Waller as a tight end is one of the biggest uh, big play uh, playmakers out there, and he's a tight end, like I just said. So 
Uh, and then you've got all these guys who are great after the catch or supposedly great after the catch um, in Wandell Robinson and Paris Campbell, who, you know, today when they got the opportunity, because that was really the only thing, like I said, you can't go deep. Um, they were really unable to get anything going, Wandell, uh, less so than Paris Campbell, who I thought uh, just really has been so disappointing to start his Giants career um, here. And I, you know, I don't know what's where he's going to go from here. But um, yeah, just overall, not being able to make any big plays downfield and just not hitting Darren Waller. I tweeted this out at halftime. I'm like, Darren Waller has one catch, has one catch all game. He had one catch. Still haven't seen the Darren Waller game yet, by the way. Like, what are you bringing him in? He was wide open in the end zone on that Daniel Jones pick six. Why are you bringing him in? He's the highest paid tight end. At, well, second highest paid now after TJ Hawkinson just got his big uh, big contract, I believe. But at the time we traded for him, he was the highest paid tight end in football. And you proceed to barely use him in this game, in this must-win game, uh, as we talked about in the preview episode. It's just It just doesn't make sense, especially... Uh, when your your offensive line can't really hold it together and you kind of just need to chuck it up there to someone who's better than a 6'6 Darren Waller uh, for a jump jump ball contested catch. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And then they abandoned the run game way too quickly. I felt like in the first half, Matt Breida, honestly, he was getting some good yards on the ground. Even three, four yards a carry, that's not bad. Uh, it, you know, it brings it from uh, you know, what we were doing, which was like second and 18 and third and 19 to manageable second and six, third and four. Like it, it, it helps out when you do the running game and they just abandon it. As soon as they got down 14-3, they abandoned the run game. When you're down 14-3, any other team, they're not abandoning the run game. It just doesn't make sense. You're not down by three scores. You're down by a touchdown uh, and a field goal, I, ideally with if you get the two-point conversion. So it just overall, the play calling was bad. The play... Uh, just the overall tactics, uh, the 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 I would, I'm trying to like think of a word here. The tenacity, the, it's not the the mindset. Oh, the mind of the the, the game club. plan, the game plan, the game plan. There you go. Uh, the game. Yeah, funny joke there. I I, I did. No, no, I mean, at this point, like we might as well bring it in. I, I'm sure we've done it on this podcast before, but like that meme that that fits our soccer team, Chelsea Football Club. Uh, fits so well here that you know the meme is there's no effing mindset, there's no effing passion, there's what is it? Uh, f there's no effing mindset. No, no, no. There's no oh, there's no passion. There's no aggression. There's no vision. There's no mindset in this football club. And that yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and and, and really, it just it fell down to almost every single player on the field who it, it was the offensive line struggled, the receivers, the playmakers struggled. Um, and, and obviously Daniel Jones just was not making the right decisions, play calling, game plan offensively. It was just all off. Uh, and that's why they only scored three points. Um, and I think that's pretty much as simple as you can get it. So Alex, you covered basically everything on the offense. I'm just going to go through some stuff that I wanted to mention. Actually, two things that are pretty funny. First thing, saw Jalen Hyatt once when he caught like a three-yard pass in the second half. I forgot Jalen Hyatt was drafted by the New York Giants in this game. I forgot that guy was on the team. I'm literally not lying to you. I saw him. I was like, I forgot that guy existed. That's one. <laughs> Two, I was watching with a few friends. One of them is a Jets fan, so knows the Giants a little bit. Um, and he was dead serious. He turned to me and he asked with like five minutes left in the fourth. He goes, Josh, is um, 
Is Isaiah Hodgins still on the team? Did they like did they cut him? Is he injured? And I was like, you know what? Honestly, I'm I have no reason, no problem with you asking me that question because where is Isaiah Hodgins? Where is And you want to know the funniest thing? What? He was probably our best receiver today. And you still don't even know where No, you want to know who our best receiver was? Well, it's probably Wandell, right? No. Well, I mean, yes, in in theory, but I was going to make a joke. It was Matt Breida at Downfield. Oh, oh, I was going to say Devon Witherspoon because he got two picks or whatever. That too. Um, <laughs> the only, so the, what I had to say, Alex, is this was Daniel Jones's one of his worst performances I've seen in a little bit. Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. So the thing is, <laughs> the way you can look at it is, yes, he had no time to throw this ball to throw the ball, and then when he did have time, he made the worst decisions possible. I mean, <laughs> that Devon Witherspoon, absolutely great job by him, and the Daniel Jones memes. I mean, you have the one of him falling on the on the long run that would have been a touchdown in Philly. Now you're gonna have this one for a long time. First of all, the throw to a double covered, triple covered situation. I don't even know where he's looking, throwing it behind the receiver. That's one. And the second half of that, Devon Witherspoon absolutely does a crisscross over and Daniel Jones gets put in his butt. It, it was a tough watch. Absolutely got, like, sat down. Um, so that's going to be a meme for a while. We're not going to be able to live that one down. And Alex, how many sacks did the Seahawks defense have? Do you remember? Were you able to tally it up? So I turned it off after with like four minutes left. So who knows if they got another. They probably got another. Maybe another like five. But I believe when I turned it off, it was nine. So is it nine? Is it ten? No, it's not nine. We reached double digits in this game. The Seahawks ended with 11 sacks on the New York Giants. How many sacks did the Giants have? One, I believe. It was two. It was two. They got one. Both of them by Kayvon Thibodeau, which, by the way, we were hoping for him to have a game. He was not half bad tonight, and I do want to give a shout-out to him when we get to the defense, but I guess here's a little bit of a preview to that. Um, like, when you look at Daniel Jones' stat line, it was 27 for 34 for 203 yards, which looks good, and then the, just the two picks. Uh, Daniel Jones' legs was the only thing the Giants had on offense in the third quarter. The only thing that was keeping drives going. When it wasn't a three and out and the team drove down a little bit, they didn't get a touchdown, don't worry. Only the Giants ended with three points in this game. But <laughs> but if they did have maybe two or three or four first downs crazy enough on a drive, it was because Daniel Jones had to run it because no one was getting open for him. And he ended with 10 carries for 66 yards. Um, besides that, uh, my father texted me before this game and he said, what do you think about this game heading into it? Do you think the, the Giants could get it done? I know I listened to you on the podcast. You predicted that the Seahawks were going to win, but I'm just wondering if you changed your mind. I responded to him with this, Alex, and people listening. I said, no Thomas, no Barkley, no Giants win. And that's, that's exactly the perfect way to summarize it. Um, I said 32 to 20 Seahawks. I don't know why I gave my Giants team that much credit. This this Seahawks defense, by the way, I wanna I wanna at least put a little bit of a context here. The last couple of weeks, the Seahawks team has been consistently giving up twenty plus twenty five plus points in those games. The Giants only had three tonight. 
Plain, plainly said, plainly stated. There, I, I, I don't think there any is anything well, else. There's many more ways to say how bad. What do we do? We've gone over the sacks. We've gone over the interception. The the, the interceptions. The fact they haven't been able to score. They've been scored on twenty five. I mean, we can, I mean, I we. Yeah, I mean, we we can do this. I was gonna say it's mean, but like the this is our this is our job here as podcasters recapping this game. We can go over people individually. Josh Azudu. You know, most of the time in these last couple of games, filling in for Thomas was pretty good today. Woof. Oh, boy. All right. To be fair, I wouldn't even single out anyone. They were all terrible. There was not a single lineman that played well. Ben Bredesen wasn't terrible, but he had terrible snaps. So he was fine pass blocking, but he could not snap. JMS under center? (laughs) Yeah, but he got injured like two minutes in, so (laughs) not enough of a sample size. McKeithen was bad, Neal was bad, Azudu was bad, Glowinski was bad, Lemieux was bad, Matt Parrott when he came in for like two snaps was bad. <laughs> Anyone else? And then, yeah, you said the famous highlight that really, again, also uh, signifies Daniel Jones' performance was Brian Dable getting so pissed off. We have not seen that, by the way, before. I, I feel like Dable, was there one thing last season where he was getting mad at Jones? Maybe. I feel like there was one clip last year. But I it was like, warranted today. I feel like throughout his time with Jones, obviously he has to do this, but you know, Dable has come out repeatedly when Jones has had bad performances and mentioned how he still trusts him and he's his guy and whatever and their connection is strong. That's been the whole thing with Dable since coming here is the huge connection, strong connection that he has with Jones and always to well, I'm sure he's saying those and, and backing him up. I'll I'll look on Twitter once I send it to you to see if he's doing that. But I've never seen him have that reaction with Daniel Jones of just being like, I give up. That's what it, that's what it showed me. Or that's what it said to me was basically just, I give up. All right, let's move to the defense. I'll send it to you now. And let me scour Twitter a little bit as we're probably recording, or we are recording this episode while those guys are giving their postgame pressers. Um, with your overall. Honestly, Josh, I, I, need a, I need a break real quick before we talk about the defense, man. I need, I need a break. I need like a minute to decompress. So why don't we send it to a break first? Uh, and so I can gather my thoughts before I have to start crying again. Yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about the defense. That sounds like a good idea, Alex. We'll do that. All right. I don't even know where, you know, there's only really one thing to say, I guess, about the defense. The defense, in terms of the first quarter or so, I want to I kind of make a distinction. We saw a lot of pressure. We saw Thibodeau uh, get home, obviously, for the sack. We saw Ojolari getting a lot of pressure. Uh, we saw Lawrence and Leonard Williams getting in there. And we were able to really disrupt Geno Smith's pocket. Then probably the rest of the game there or thereabouts, uh, we were not able to get much interior pressure at all. Uh, we saw Aziz and Thibodeau win, you know, occasionally uh, on the outside there on the edges. So not terrible from a pass rushing perspective. Uh, and then defensive, you know, deep from the defensive back perspective, it wasn't bad in terms of coverage. Uh, Deontay Banks, besides the touchdown, uh, was actually pretty decent against DK Metcalf. Uh, of course, that clip is not going to make him look good. Plus, uh, you know, there was like one or two other catches that he didn't look great. Uh, Cordell Flott, I thought, had a good game when he was in the slot. And Adoree Jackson uh, was just fine. And then linebackers, Okereke, McFadden, nothing really to say um, in terms of their play. And then I'm going to talk about a larger theme in a second, uh, or actually right now, and that's just the tackling. Not a single giant was able to tackle properly. Uh, Okereke had, I want to say, three or four missed tackles. Defensive linemen 
whether it was uh, Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams or DJ Davidson or Nacho or whoever it is. Uh, there's one more, Ashawn Robinson. None of those guys could tackle. Ojolari, Thibodeau, who you know we were hoping would make an improvement in terms of setting the edge and being able to tackle against the run and, and play the run, did not do super well. The DBs, my lord, could not uh, could not tackle anyone for their lives. Pinnock, McKinney, uh, Adoree, who else? Who else is on the field? Deontay Banks, uh, not as much him, actually. I don't think he had one of those bad missed tackles. But, you know, it's a rarity that they weren't tackling badly, if that makes sense. I, I'm pointing out players who are who tackled well. It should be the other way around. It shouldn't be that, oh, yeah, everyone tackled bad. Uh, but this player actually tackled good. It should be, oh, everyone tackled good, but this player tackled bad. But that's just not the case here for the Giants. Alex, I have one thing that I want to say that's good about this Giants defense, and that was their coverage. If you look at the stats, DK Metcalf was limited to only three catches for about 30-something yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, uh, four catch for 54 yards, no fan, two catch. Like, obviously, you're looking at it in, in as a whole, and it's like, okay, like, you know, they obviously, like, they went all over us. And the tackling and the Kenneth Walker stuff really got under my skin. That was annoying. But if I'm Noah at, Fant, that Noah Fant run. Oh, my yards, God, down the side. Four limit. missed tackles. Come on, man. That was terrible. But if you look at it in, you know, as a whole, 15 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown for how bad this team seemed like they played on defense wasn't half bad. And I, I do have to say... Most of this loss is on the offense. I mean, if not everything. I mean, Daniel Jones' two picks, allowing the 11 sacks, no receivers getting open. Most of this loss, I would say 75% of this game's on the on the offense because the defense, even in the second half, I was I was texting you, Alex. I was like, wait a second. Like, this defense, like, they would give up, like, a chunk play, but then they would make a stop and force a punt. So it would be like, this defense is actually keeping us in this game, and if the Giants actually took advantage of it, and their offense did, by trying, and this is the same thing, by the way, I said in the San Francisco game. It's the same thing. The defense repeatedly gave the Giants offense chances to come back. And what did the offense do? They did not take advantage of those chances. And they looked lackluster in their opportunities to do so. They looked like they didn't want to take advantage of them and come back and try and win this game. Uh, whenever you're ready, I had I do have Brian Dable clips in. That I can play. I won't. I won't have you add them in. I'll play from my phone. I'll save you some editing time, especially since we're. No, no, it's all now. I, I can. Uh, no, no, no. I'll just play it off my phone because right. there's a there's a few of them I want to go to. But I just want to let you know I have that in the repertoire when you're ready. Uh, <laughs> but you can. Sorry, it's twelve eleven a.m. in the morning right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Do you want to go to it uh, now, or you have? What all? All I would just say, just recapping defense, they played well. The tackling was bad. That That's as simple as you can get it, and uh, they are going to need to improve that. Offense, on the other hand, like we covered, has a lot more issues, and uh, special teams also has a lot of issues uh, in terms of penalties, coverage. Jamie Gillen just is not very good. Graham Gano is amazing, but we knew that already, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about special teams because I just don't. I Honestly, it's tough talking about the offensive defense already. You add a third dimension into it, it's just a little bit too much for me to handle. But yeah, Josh, go ahead. So first, I have a couple of stats. Uh, it's week four at the moment. Daniel Jones is on pace for 26 turnovers this season. Second thing, uh, this is from Madeline Burke. Daniel Jones is the first quarterback to throw a pick six and be sacked 11 times in a game since the year 1985. 
And now I will go to Brian Dable. Again, this is coming from my microphone, so I don't know how good it's going to sound, but it, you'll be able to hear it. Um, this is Brian Dable in his response to someone asking him about the pick six. So let's go to that first, and I'll start there. Can I be technologically savvy? We'll see. Here we go. Neil on the interception. Camera's going to show us it I was trying to show him, kind of see what he thought, and then uh, tell him what I saw. Did like they were really happy if you, you kind of tossed the tablet as you walked away. I mean, what was supposed to happen on that route? Was it? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the particulars of it. Uh, just we didn't get the job done. So very, I don't know why the clips are so low, but there's that one uh, in regards to the pick six. Uh, there's a funny one here. I'm not even going to play. It's five seconds, but uh, he was Brian Dable was asked what he wanted Daniel Jones to do on his pick six. Quote: Obviously, not throw an interception. Yeah, well, like, that is a dumb question. I love that. I love that. Um, and then I I do have one more. Um, this is Daniel Jones on his pick six, and I, I just want to hear what he has to say about it. So let's play that on a lot with that interception. What were you talking? Uh, just felt like the coverage was soft, trying to find someone on his own. And, uh, yeah, obviously a terrible decision and, uh, an awful mistake. So I can't, can't afford to do that. And, um, this is him talking about his night as a whole. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't didn't play well enough. It was uh, unacceptable, and uh, I let the team down. So I've got to I've got to um, fix it. I got to work hard to to uh, get it right, and I'm going to do that. So after okay, let let's yeah, you can tell by those quotes by both both Dable and and Jones, and they're both very level headed guys, especially Jones. This team is beaten down right now. <laughs> like, they are in the dumps, me- like, mentally, too. Because most of the time, Jones could have a bad game. He won't show it, and he won't tell you that. I mean, from the way he was talking, his tone, and you can't see it, but... I mean, to be fair, he had a really, really bad game. I know. It's a little bit... Well, I'm saying, Alex, like, yeah, but here's the thing, right? Eli Manning... Could have had the worst performance ever. He's going to go in that post game, the most level-headed guy. And that's Daniel Jones, too. I mean, all the comparisons to Eli Manning that we have for Jones. That's Daniel Jones also super level-headed. And you could tell just the physical emotion uh, about how poorly he played was was shown uh, as well. You know, you could look it up on, on Twitter and find those clips as well or watch a Giants postgame show. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, with that being said, we're over 35 minutes in time here. Any final thoughts, Alex, before we kind of move on? It's it's It was a rough one. Just, it's pretty much all I can say. I mean, we've gone through literally every aspect of everything that went wrong, and uh, it's a long list, and that's why we've talked for 35 minutes because so many things went wrong. Well, I mean, and it's I, I'm glad I started yeah. the podcast how I did, right? Do you remember how I started it? Honestly? No. Can't remember. Okay, but you have a terrible memory, so that makes sense. I started the podcast by saying, we're going to go over everything that went right, which was nothing, and everything that went wrong, which was a lot. And I think that's really... See, I don't remember that. That's, well, you didn't have to say it again. We heard you the first time. Thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, but um, that that is what I said. So I think it really summarizes this podcast pretty well. And thank you for reiterate, reiterating your statement of uh, the goldfish memory type thing. Shout out to Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, all right, so again, the Giants move to one and three right now. Uh, in the NFC East standings, that is dead last. The next two games the Giants play are against the AFC East opponents of the Miami Dolphins away uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock next week, and then the Bills after that also away. That is a Sunday night game. Alex thinks it's going to get slated. We'll have to wait and see. If it doesn't, I could possibly go to that game as I'm up here in Syracuse and watch the Giants lose live and in person. Do you really want to do that? I do because I actually want to see Bill's Mafia because they're absolutely insane and, and that stadium is pretty sick. So I might do that if it's not a 20 degree day by October 15th. Um, and uh, I, I just want to leave you all Giants fans. I know it sucks to leave it uh, pessimistically, but I can't really leave it optimistically. I still stand by my statement. I really do think this season, unfortunately, has already concluded. Uh, check back in with me two weeks from now, and I think I'll be reiterating that statement with a 1-5 and five Giants team. Uh, and Alex, I, I, be- I believe you do agree. So, uh, with that being said, please keep listening and watching this podcast because we need people here to suffer with us. So, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, out of the podcast, Spotify, wherever it is. Uh, YouTube, if you're watching, thank you for watching through this far. Hit that like button, subscribe. You're really troopers uh, on there. And, um, Oh, yeah. Social media platforms. The Giant Take Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Alex on Twitter at AdorN23. I'm on Twitter at JoshOlo29. So, this team, we're going to be previewing them uh, later this week when they play the Dolphins. Alex, it really does suck covering a bad team again. Like, last year was such a tease. You know what I'm saying? Before, nice. Before last year. Why can't we have nice things? Before last year. We had two bad teams, and then the th- I think it was our third year last year, right? And it was like, oh, we have a good team. Gone. Back to bad. Again. So, uh, we're catching here soon. We'll see if, uh, you know, now I'm pulling it out. We'll see if we can get a guest for, for this episode later this week. <laughs> I think I'm going to be home for the recording of it. Uh, if not, it'll be the day before I go home. I'm going I'm going home for the weekend for, for fall break, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So, uh, I'll be able to record in the home studio for the recap episode for everyone who's so excited to watch the change no way background studio on uh, <laughs> in my bedroom at home. There you go uh, on Sunday. So I think I think people have been enjoying my just change in background. If you're watching on YouTube, every sing I think pretty much every episode this season has been a different background. So probably I hope everyone's enjoying a white brick wall like I'm in a prison cell and then my dorm room. So I like the prison cell more, to be honest. Well, yeah, for comedic effect in, in your little world. Um, all right. Thanks so much for listening. We've taken this long enough. It's 1220 in the morning. And uh, we'll see you next time later this week for a Giants versus Dolphins preview. Everyone, please just stay safe mentally. Uh, it's going to be okay. Carry through. Fill out your mental health questionnaire. <laughs> Fill out, talk to a trained professional that's not us listening on the podcast. If you really need any help talking about this Giants loss. And uh, you know what's one good thing, Alex? One good thing that we can take away. It's not a Monday morning. That's literally it. That's true. That's the only thing is that there's less days left in the week. And it's not a Monday morning. And, And number two, 
I'm in Boston, so the Patriots are bad. Thank God. Otherwise, I'd be getting clowned. Yeah, it'd be over. All right. I'm like wrapping it for the fourth time. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>